0: From the International Headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in downtown Murfreesboro, Tennessee, this is Making a Difference and I'm Dr. Shelton Smith. It's a joy to welcome you today. It's midweek, and we're thankful to the Lord for the privilege to be here and to open the Bible and talk about the good things that the Lord has given to us in His Word. I'm really having a big time, I mean, a real good time, as we work through this series here on people who said yes when God called. We looked at a number of Old Testament characters last week, and this week we've looked through the New Testament, and we're going to do one today that I'm calling The Story of Two Brothers. And it is an exciting story because they are principal players in the New Testament, and their story is worth listening to and there are lessons for us along the way. So we get to that in just a moment, but let me just remind you that we hope you'll get in touch. I'll give you the information at the end of the broadcast about how to be in touch with us, and do get on the Sword of the Lord website at swordofthelord.com, and check us out. We are delighted to welcome all of you today, and trust that being Wednesday that you'll find your way to the house of God tonight in a good church in your area. Take your family, get in on everything that is going on in that local church. Now, today we're going to look at the story of two men, two brothers. These men said yes to the Lord, and uh, we read the initiation of their story in the Gospel of John, chapter number 1, verses 40, 41, and 42. And here's what that says. One of the two which heard John speak, now we're talking about John the Baptist, he was really taking the country by storm, really preaching the great truth in preparation for the coming of the Savior. He has just announced Jesus as the Lamb of God, and Andrew heard him. Andrew responded. Andrew received the Savior. And what this passage tells us is one of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew. Simon Peter's brother. He, that is Andrew, first findeth his own brother Simon, and saith unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. And he, Andrew, brought him, Simon Peter, to Jesus. Now, these two men are products of the ministry of John the Baptist. Always it is a delight. Whenever a public ministry touches somebody, These men, basically men that nobody knew, I mean, other than their local neighbors, they were fishermen on the Sea of Galilee. They did not have notoriety. They were not nationally known or internationally known, but they were touched by the public ministry of John the Baptist. And when John preached the message of the Messiah and his arrival, Andrew said yes to the Savior, and that yes led him immediately to have great concern for his brother. And we read about that here in this passage, and it says he, talking about Andrew, and let me just break this down one piece at a time here. The fact is, every time somebody comes to the Savior, whether it be somebody like Simon Peter, somebody like me, somebody like you, every single time that somebody comes to the Savior, somebody else who already knows the Savior has brought you the information that you need. That person may have, as we do here at the Sword of the Lord, print gospel literature of a variety of kinds. I mean, we print a newspaper, we print tracts, we print booklets, we print books, all of those kinds of things with introductions to the Savior in them. And whenever we get on this broadcast, we use the radio to try to introduce people to the Savior. And So what we do, we are introducing others to the Savior just like Andrew did. And if the people in your life, your brother, your sister, if they come to the Savior, it's going to be because that somebody, maybe you, will have introduced them and get them to see the need that they have to receive the Lord Jesus. So Andrew did what any good, solid Christian will do. He got concerned for his brother, and it says he first, and notice this, He didn't wait five years. He didn't wait till he had taken some kind of a course. He didn't wait till he was fully discipled, but he immediately went after his brother. He knew he had found something special, and he wanted his brother to find it as well. And so the Bible says he first findeth. Now, if you notice right here in this passage about uh, Andrew and Simon Peter and also about Philip and Nathaniel just below this in a couple of verses, that word find or findeth occurs four times. And in the Greek text, it's the word eureka. That word eureka, that means I found it. And so what he's saying is eureka, 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 eureka. We've found something. We've found something really, really special. And so he, Andrew, a person First, put a priority on the matter of getting his brother in, findeth he went looking for his brother. Now, what's he going looking for his brother about? He wants to tell him that they've found the Messiah. And so he goes, and I'm going to just imagine that he might have walked around through town looking for his brother some morning, and maybe walking into a bagel shop. Maybe he walked into a meat market. Maybe he walked into some other kind of a place and looked around, seeing his neighbors, seeing people along the shore there as they were getting their nets ready to go out fishing on the Galilee. And he is saying over and over again, has anybody seen my brother? Has my brother been in this morning? And he goes looking for—and you and I, listen, we have to get aggressive and go after folks. Sometimes, you know, Christians take a wait-and-see, let-them-come-to-us attitude. And really, if you look at the way the whole New Testament thing is laid out, those early New Testament Christians weren't waiting for unsaved people to come to them. They were taking the message to them over and over and over again. It's exactly what Andrew did here. And he found his brother. Now, you say, why would he get so aggressive about— about his brother, because it was his brother. It was somebody that he loved. He wanted his brother to be in, and so he went to him, found him, and then the verse says that he saith unto him. Now, what's that about? It means he spoke to him and told him what he needed to hear. Too many Christians in 21st century America, even who are very sincere about their faith, get the idea if they'll just live a good Christian life that everybody will get saved or their family will get saved just by watching them. Now, folks, you can dress up, you can fix up, you can shape up, you can get your whole life together in a way that is becoming to a Christian, and I'm telling you, almost nobody, maybe nobody at all, is going to get saved. In fact, nobody will get saved watching you unless you tell them the message that they need to hear. Every person needs to hear a basic message gospel message, which is that Jesus died, he was buried, he arose again, and in so doing, he paid our sin debt and purchased salvation for us. And uh, you don't get that by looking at the suit of clothes that I wear. You don't look at that because I shine my shoes. You don't look at that because I live a good, clean life. You don't get that message because we are just you know, putting a sign out that says we've got a church and everybody's welcome. The fact is the message of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection is something we have to communicate. We have to speak it. We have to tell it. And in this case, he said to him, we found the Messiah. The Messiah has come. The Christ is here. And then that 42nd verse has a key, key component to it. It says, and he, Andrew, brought him, talking about his brother, Simon Peter, and he brought him to Jesus. You know, sometimes I run on to Christians who will tell me outright, they'll say, I just don't think I can be a soul winner. And you know how I respond to them? I say to them, if you can't be a soul winner, then be a soul bringer. And again and again, I've had people say to me, what in the world is that? I never heard of that. Well, it's just what this verse says. You may not be able to actually win a person to Christ but you can bring them to Christ. And that's why when your church has Friend Day or on Easter Sunday or Christmas Sunday or Thanksgiving Sunday or something like that, I mean, you've got some special reason for going to church, Grandparents Day, I mean, all kinds of things, Patriotic Sunday, you have a reason to invite folks And listen, invite them, get them to the Savior, and maybe somebody at your church will help you to actually get them in and win them to Christ. This is the kind of thing that is so wonderfully illustrated here in the life of Andrew and Simon Peter. Now, both of these men at this point have gotten saved. We read then in Mark's gospel, chapter 1, verses 16 and following, that both of them responded with a yes to the call of the Lord to their life. Uh, For example, we read verse 16, Mark 1, As he, Jesus, walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And Jesus said unto them, Come ye after me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. And straightway they forsook their nets, And followed him. So, dear friends, this is the kind of thing that every one of us needs to understand. Once you say yes to the Savior, you say yes to his salvation proposal, there may come a time when he will also tap you on your shoulder. He may call you to do a particular thing. You know, sometimes uh, we think about just the pastor or the evangelist as being somebody that has the call of God upon their life. But really, the Lord would like for every one of us to serve him. That doesn't mean you have to be a full-time servant of God. Uh, You may still go to work and be a plumber, be a carpenter, be a teacher, uh, be a soldier, be whatever it is that you have chosen to do with your life, but you can serve the Lord in a full capacity. may not be full-time in the sense that the ministry is all you do, but it may be also that you can serve the Lord and serve him very wonderfully and very acceptably in whatever capacity that you are living in now I want you to know the Lord does want you to be involved he wants you to be active. that's why I encourage you over and over again to be active in your local church. it is a place of service it is a place that you can be a part of to enable the reaching of men like Simon Peter just like Andrew did. I mean Andrew doesn't have a lot of notoriety he's mentioned I think three times in the Bible, and what we've just covered here in John's Gospel, chapter 1, is the big story. I mean, it is the big news of Andrew's life. We don't know much more about him than that. But Simon Peter, oh, that's a whole different story. I mean, he goes on to become something very, very special in the work over the rest of the years of his life. Now, both of these men said yes in the following with their life after they were saved, Simon Peter said yes again even after his failure, and fail he did. Now, I don't have the time to belabor all of that, but it's a famous story in the Bible about him really balking in cowardice uh, whenever they were getting ready to crucify Jesus. But even after that, guess what? He was a mighty tool in the hands of God, greatly used of God. Acts chapter 2 tells that story very, very well. Verse 14 of Acts 2 says, "'But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, "'Ye men of Judea and all that dwell in Jerusalem,' "...be this known unto you, and hearken to my words, for these are not drunken, as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass." And he goes on to preach the great message that resulted in 3,000 people responding to the Savior on one single day. That's the day of Pentecost on that particular year. Now, we read further in the book of Acts, and Peter just continues like in chapter 4, verses 19 and 20. Peter and John answered and said unto them, "'Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than to God judge you? But we cannot but speak the things which we've seen and heard.'" What's going on here? These men have got boldness now, and they've got a fight on their hands. They are in a fight, a fight for the ministry, a fight for the faith, a fight for their life. And yet these men are saying yes to the Lord at every turn in the road. In Acts chapter 5, verse 28, they were admonished. You filled up Jerusalem with your doctrine and now you're going to bring this man's blood on us. Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. So what's happened here? Andrew said yes, and he led his brother to say yes. And then whenever Jesus called them to follow, they both said yes. And even after Peter failed, he said yes again. And when the fight came, Peter continued to say yes. And listen, every single step of the way, even in the writing of two epistles to the New Testament, he said yes when the Lord called. And it's a good example for me and you. We need to say yes, too, when the Lord taps us on the shoulder for his service. Well, listen, tomorrow we'll do another one of these. I think it'll be a help to you as well. But I want you to know I love to hear from you. So write to me, Dr. Shelton Smith at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. The email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. Until tomorrow, God bless you. Have a good rest of the day and goodbye for now.